to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We unlocking the statements. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So comment, like, subscribe, or share. What a week it was for the NFL. Week two is in the books. And it was a hell of a weekend again for the boys of fall. A huge win for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. His first win against his kryptonite, the Kansas City Chiefs. Thank you, Clyde Edward Hilaire, by the way, for that. But that was an incredible game. Those two... Those two will be around for quite some time. Lamar Jackson doing what Lamar Jackson does best. He is, I mean, I don't care what anybody says. He's incredible. I'm going to defend him. I hope that he can finally get over the hump in the playoffs, but he's an incredible, incredible talent. And then the Packers last night, somehow, well, their defense has still question marks. Yes, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones delivered in what typical fashion, beating up on the Detroit Lions. But there was more to it than just those couple games. We have a couple of surprising 2-0 teams right now. And the three teams that I want to talk about, well, three of them, all three of them are in divisions that we all projected them to maybe finish last place. I know Joe had one of them actually in the playoffs. And yeah, he's looking good. the three teams that we're about to talk about. One's in the NFC West. One's in the AFC West. And one's in the NFC South. All divisions that have Super Bowl-caliber teams. I'm not talking just playoff teams. Yes, the NFC West and AFC West has a playoff teams, and maybe even the NFC South. But there is three teams in that division, that, in each of that division, that are Super Bowl-viable contenders. you got the Bucs in the NFC South. you got the Chiefs in the AFC West. And then you got the Rams in the NFC West. But I want to talk about not just those because – we always talk about that. Everybody else, what else is no? There's a reason why those teams are at the top of the food chain, because they deliver. I know the Chiefs didn't win this week, but they were looking like they were on the verge of going 2-0. They blew that game. Into surprises. We always talk about surprises and the unexpected teams. There's always that every year. We're like, whoa, well, we didn't expect this to happen. We expected them maybe to go 1-1, maybe 0-2. But to go 2-0 and and – all three teams, the way they've been able to do it is probably the more shocking factor of why these teams are 2-0. So the question we're going to start off with today is the most surprising 2-0 team. Is it the Arizona Cardinals led by, led by maybe other than Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, the most flashiest and exciting player in all of the NFL? Or is it the Las Vegas Raiders beating two viable playoff contender teams in the AFC North? And the way they did it on Sunday, too. Or is it Joe's team, the surprise team that we both kind of bashed them? I know there's still 15 weeks left, but they are off to a very, very hot start. A beating a good Saints team that we all thought in week one. Whoa, looks like the Saints are not going anywhere. And then Jameis came back to life. And the Carolina Panthers, they're all doing it in different ways. Panthers winning by defense. Their defense is what we thought was going to be one of the weak spots. Oh, they've been panning out. Sam Darnold, well, guess what? That's what happens when you get some weapons around a quarterback like Sam Darnold who has the talent. The Cardinals, they're doing it offensively and their defense. And then the Raiders, well, the Raiders, Derek Carr, man. I love Derek Carr. I think he gets too much disrespect. But that man, 
delivered again in a much-needed victory for the Las Vegas Raiders. So I'll start with Ted. Coming into week two, well, now we're about to be in the week three, your most surprising 2-0 and team out of these three teams. Uh, I think it was first say the Raiders. Uh, I think because when you looked at that division, all the other teams, I, I told you I had the Broncos going to the playoffs. You knew what you had in the Chargers, and you, uh, and you, I mean, obviously, you know what you have in the Chiefs. The Raiders, you have question marks. I mean, I think you always have question marks with the Raiders, with Gruden and Mayock running the show. Who's running the show? You know, they had gotten rid of like multiple offensive linemen in the offseason. They traded away. So you're like, wait, they had a good offensive line. Why are you trading away Pro Bowl caliber offensive linemen? Is that going to hurt the running game in Josh Jacobs? Is that going to hurt Derek Carr? No, all Derek Carr is thrown for 380 yards plus in both games and multiple touchdowns. Only done four times in NFL history. Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and himself. Right? Yep, Brady in 11, Fitzpatrick in 18, and Bledsoe in 94. So Derek Carr looks like the man, and, and that's good to see. And, yeah, I would like to see John Gruden give him more respect and in doing so maybe sign him for a contract because, hey, listen, if he does become a free agent, someone, a lot of teams should go grab him because he's really uplifted his team, and you can see it. They did it without their number one running back in Josh Jacobs this week. And, but, you know, Kenyon Drake really – filled the role. Henry Ruggs is starting to give them that deep weapon. And listen, we know, Trev, you said it when we were talking about offensive talented players. Darren Waller is a beast up the middle. He's, he, he's, I mean, he's Kelsey. I mean, and, and he's one of the, those two guys are just matchup nightmares. I mean, listen, if you watch the Sunday night game, Kelsey's catch and run. <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, he's, he's phenomenal. I mean, he might go down as the best tight end of all time. I know people say Gronk, but I just think Kelsey's on a whole nother level. Still got a lot of years left, but the Raiders for you, listen, you beat Baltimore and you beat the Steelers, both teams. You have aspirations of being Super Bowl type teams. Baltimore game was in the way they want to. You be down, you come back. With all the turmoil, you think you throw the pick. I mean, yeah, you could blame it on Lamar, fumbling the ball, but they came back. They fight, and then the, and the dominance against the Steelers. Listen, that defensive line, Max Crosby, and that defense line has been really good, and the offense has been above average. And listen, they started two and zero last year too. There's still a lot of games left, but I, for me right now, listen, the Cardinals. They're talented, Trev. We talked about this, Joe. We've talked about that. They got weapons. They're no slouches. I mean, they got J.J. Watt. They got they got Buda Baker. They got Chandler Jones. So they got studs on defense. They have Kyler Murray, who might be the most exciting player in the NFL. I'm sorry, but you. some people say, well, Mark, Kyler Murray might be even more exciting because what he can do with his arm. His talent ability to throw the ball is so much better, I think, than Lamar's. And because of his size and stature, it just gives him that – Incredible look. DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Brown, Rondell Moore. So I'm not surprised by them, you know, and, and, and for me, them, it's something about living up to expectations, you know, because you you want to see them do that. And then the Panthers, I mean, I guess you could say that. I mean, but they beat the Jets in week one. So I'd like to see a little bit more because I look at the Jets as being one of the top two or three teams in the NFL draft next season. But with this question, I will stick with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Joe, uh, I'm going to obviously talk about my Panthers right now, and I'm not even going to talk about the offense right now, but the defense, J.C. Horn had his first career interception. Another Hassan game. Reddick had a sack and a half. They had 11 quarterback hits, four sacks, three passes defended, two interceptions. Defense is really good. Uh, obviously, look, Sam Darnold is uh, – he, he did have a fumble. He recovered it himself. 
305 yards, had an interception, did throw a couple of touchdowns. And like you said at the top, he's got weapons around him. Mm-hmm. And what? And, and, and listen, I'm not like the Swami. I mean, everybody was like, hey, McCaffrey's going to come back 2,000 yards. Who knows what he could do in a 17-game season? Well, if Christian McCaffrey, and obviously he's off to an amazing start, is going to have a big year, how could this team not have a big year? DJ Moore, eight catches and a touchdown. Uh, he looks great. I, I mean, I think Carolina, I don't, I'm not saying they're going to go like 15 and two here, but I think this is definitely a playoff team. I thought so from the start. Uh, and, and I really do. I think they're in a, in a great position. Uh, and I, I like this team. I think as long as McCaffrey's healthy and, and, and Darnold doesn't do stupid stuff. Uh, and I just think being in the right position in the right team, I think this is going to really work out as for the Cardinals, another team, I've been very high on. I, I, Kyler Murray is this enigma. You know, he throws the ball weird. You compared him to Lamar Jackson. I don't know, there's something not, not quite he's, there for me. He's a baseball player. He's a big, he's yeah. like a shortstop, you know, throwing across his body, you know, like you catch the double play, throwing that one he had to Rondell Moore for the long touchdown to be able to spin out. Roll throw across his body on point, still have the velocity, accuracy, and then of course his size and stature, you know, makes him an incredible, like you said, an enigma for what you don't expect to see on the day ever in the NFL. This is like uh, Doug Flutie on steroids for anybody who lived through the eighties. Um, you know, again, and here's the funny thing: he only hit DeAndre Hopkins for uh, four times. It was Rondell Moore and Max Williams seven catches each. So it's got pretty good demand. Got AJ Green in on the action as well. Uh, I, I like the Cardinals. I think they're off to a hot start. Uh, I think their defense is going to get better. I think they're going to start playing better. Uh, and I think that's going to spell bad news uh, for the West. As for the Raiders, you'll recall last year, I was pretty high on the Raiders. The only team that kept giving it to the, to the chiefs. Yeah. I'm not surprised by this. Uh, Derek Carr is underrated starting to come into his own. You know, they've stuck with this guy for a long time. You started to see it last year. They're a healthier team. I mean, again, he played without Josh Jacobs and still able to come out with a victory. Got to like the Raiders that that team's got moxie for the first time since they were in Los Angeles because they didn't have it the last time through in Oakland. It wasn't the same Oakland Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders, I think they've got that old L.A. edge back. And that's the thing. These All these three teams could have been all viable options to finish dead last in their division right now. And the Cardinals have delivered. I'm looking at some of the stats right now. All these teams are in, whether it's in the defensive side of the game or it's on the offensive side. The Vegas Raiders and the Cardinals are 1-2 in offensive leaders, total yards. The Vegas Raiders are first in passing with 391, and then the Cardinals are at 325. And then the Panthers right now, they're giving up under 200 yards right now of offense, 199, and they lead the league in sacks. Trev, do you remember the stat I gave you yesterday about the Panthers since Matt Rule took over? Do you remember what I to- told you? It was something I heard of. It was, it was something impressive, though, Joe, about Matt Rule and the Panthers since he's taken over. Um, and just I forget what it was, but it was performance wise, you can see that he has done a better job 
that you know you look at young coaches in the league and new coaches and he's done a phenomenal job drafting i mean trev you you've talked about guys from jeremy chin the safety Derek brown um joe who's i mean just they, they've hit uh, JC, they drafted jc Horn. Horn. gonna be a shutdown corner for this uh, team uh, 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 brian burns brian burns another outside yeah, i picked him to be i picked him to be defensive rookie of the year i'm just I mean, good for Sam Darnold. I think this is more about seeing Sam Darnold finally get some weapons. I mean, DJ Moore has emerged as one of the number one receivers. I mean, he's their number one receiver now. I know Robbie Anderson's a home run threat type guy. And then you got the best running back in football with Christian McCaffrey. You're finally getting to see Sam Darnold put it all together. I know the offensive line is still have questions, but with that defense, if that defense can continue to play that way, the Panthers will be in the games for the rest of the season. They might not win all of them, but they will be competitive for 60 minutes. And that, as a Panthers fan, you got to be, you gotta, that's promising. That's encouraging to see. And with the weapons they have offensively, they could stay in any game. This team, and now you're finally seeing it all put together. And it's good, it's good for Sam Darnold. I know Jeff fans are probably like, oh, damn, why, why couldn't we do this? Where, where, why couldn't we help this kid with weapons? And now you're finally seeing him put it all together. And good for the Carolina Panthers. They took a chance with Sam Darnold. Who knows if they're still going to give him that big long-term extension because it's coming up. So if he delivers the way it is, we're going to be talking about Sam Darnold with a nice fat contract coming up soon. You want to talk about domination. So both teams had 12 drives in the game. Which New, game Orleans had, uh, New Orleans and Carolina. New Orleans had six first downs to 28 by Carolina. They kept him <laughs> the two for 11 on third down. They ran 43 total plays in those 12 drives. The Panthers ran 73 plays. Yeah, Winston was awful. He he was awful. But that's what I, happens when you get a good defense and you can pressure the quarterback. It's not going to be a fun day at the office. Listen, I said last week after the the five touchdowns, let's let's tap the brakes on Jameis. Couldn't couldn't get Kamara into that game at all. They had they had a time of possession of 21-28 compared to Darnold and company, 38-32. Just feeding the ball, getting the ball to McCaffrey any way they can. You load the box, he starts throwing outside. Telling you, th- this Panthers team, it, it, it's it's a lot better than, than – I think it's better than what people think it is right now. I think anybody that's surprised they're 2-0, you watch those games, boy, they're just – I mean – and that's what they're I'm saying. really, they really continue, playing well. That's what I'm saying. If they can continue to play with that defense, that pass rush, and they stay stay competitive, that's encouraging. That's an encouraging sign for this team going forward. And with the way Sam Darnold's been playing, with the weapons, if they could, stay, if they all stay healthy, this is a dangerous team. That yes, very young is only going to get better as the season progresses. And then the Raiders. I mean, I got to say the Raiders just because look who you beat him. You beat a Baltimore Ravens team. I know they're decimated with injuries, but still Baltimore has been one of the consistent powers of the AFC for the past, almost, I would say, 20 years since I've been watching football. They've been consistent. And to see them with the way they won on Monday night, one of the crazier endings to a Monday night game, still fi- found a way to win. And then going into Heinz Field, short week, a West Coast team going to the East Coast, 1 o'clock game, and finding a way to win in the way they delivered. Derek Carr would probably the prettiest throw in this week of the NFL to Henry Ruggs for a touchdown. That, that was just remarkable. An incredible win for the Raiders. And to see them 2-0 right now, good for them. They have, a, they have a tough matchup this week against the Dolphins. 
I know the Dolphins are coming off of a, a slaughter beatdown by the Bills, but still, this Raiders team, all these teams, look, have strong weapons. They have strong pros. They have some cons, but the pros are out gaining, or you should say out showing the negatives. And that's why they're both two. That's why all three teams are two and zero right now because the positives are overshadowed or going over the negatives. Now, so good for the Raiders, good for the Cardinals, and good for the Panthers. Sure. Do you know who the Cardinals play this week? I'm, the only reason I'm asking you is because I saw the Panthers play Thursday night football. They're playing the Texans. Very winnable game. They could be three and zero. Oh um, yeah, the Cardinals. And, yeah, the Cardinals should be three and zero. Okay, so all three teams, and then the Raiders have the toughest game. They're home this week against Miami, which is a really big matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I listen. I eventually, I think we'll talk about it down the road. But I think Miami Joe is going to have an issue with two. And I told Trev yesterday on the car ride home, I can't believe the world we live in, the NFL now, where like two, three years ago, Tua was supposed to be the next big thing, number one pick, number one pick. He fell to the Dolphins at six, and now he played nine games last year, and after 11 games. No, he was number he, five. Not, not that he's a bust. He was number five. But not that he's a bust, but he might just not pan out and might be end up a – one of those guys where he's a backup quarterback or one of those journeymen um, because I think Miami's worried about him now. I mean, injuries, injuries from college, arm strength isn't there. He's not big in stature. You know, he doesn't do anything impressive. I know we'll talk about that down the road with the Dolphins, but that's a big matchup, Miami and Vegas um, this Sunday, which, you know, who knows? Down the road, you might look at that game and go, that's a playoff um, caliber game that was deciding of which team got in or not. Let's have our before we close out the show our takeaways from week two. If anybody, if you guys can chime in, say whatever how you feel after what you saw for this weekend. What do we think so far? Of the I'll give you a big one. Time? Alvin Kamara had twelve touches for thirty yards. If Jameis Winston and I said this about Taysom Hill last year when he filled in, you can't get the ball to Alvin Kamara. This offense is going to look bad, and that was another prime example. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's on Sean Payton, too. I mean, just develop plays. I mean, find ways to get him the ball. I just looked at the stat. Um, Chris McCaffrey here, he has 10 catches and is 10th is in the league in reception. You know, he's got, you know, so he's doing, he's got 324 yards of total scrimmage yards. He leads the league right now. Derek Henry's second. Um, he's phenomenal. But find ways, listen. If you want playmakers to get the ball, you develop plays for your guys. You find ways to get guys open. You know, just like with teams double team Kelsey or Tyree Kill, Andy Reid sets up formations and motions and schemes so that you can find ways to get playmakers the ball. So I put that on Sean Payton, but also, hey, listen, you know, Sean Payton can be like, hey, listen, throw the ball at Kamara on this one. You know, this plays for him. My, my takeaway so far is that I, I believe every team has some sort of I'd say not weakness, but something to keep an eye on. I think the Chiefs' defense is very vulnerable right now. I've seen we've seen for the first two weeks. I mean, their offense is gonna is oh, their offense is gonna light it up. We we know what their offense brings to the table, but we've always said that their defense was always a question mark, and it's already showing so far. I think the Buccaneers are the same way. I mean, this is not the same defense. I know they brought back everybody, but they're giving up 27 points a game in two games. Give up 29 to the Cowboys, 25 this week, and then. I, I, their offense, those teams, there's their offense is going to do their thing. It's it's the, always the negatives for me. I know that we're talking about the negatives when they're both one. And but to me, to see like even the Seattle Seahawks, all these teams that we've talked highly about, 
the Ravens, the Steelers, the Browns. There's still a lot of question marks going in. I know it's only two weeks, but to see the question marks, they're already starting to show. And I think, I really think that for the Chiefs specifically, that showed on Sunday night because let's be honest, that Ravens team is not 100%. They're far from it, actually. And Lamar was the best player in that field. And the Chiefs had no answer with the, with the exception of his first two drive, couple drives where he threw two picks. Lamar Jackson was the best player in that field. And the Chiefs had no answer for him. I've been very concerned about the Chiefs since week 15 of last season. And they, I thought, struggled their way through the playoffs until they got bumped in the Super Bowl by Tom Brady and company. Mm-hmm. They've been through a lot of uh, uh, adversity. They've played a lot of extra games the past couple of seasons. The injuries have been mounting. Again, it's a team where I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it's easy to assume they're just going to be automatic because of how good they were last year, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily work that way. And I think we're seeing that all around the league. Again, I think Green Bay – I don't think Green Bay is going to be as good as everybody thinks they're going to no, be. No, because that defense, that defense is not a good defense. They're, they're going to lose at least five games, six games this year, I would have to bet. I'll give you another big takeaway, and I would never watch a New York Jets game, but my man, Mac Jones, who is the best quarterback from this draft, it is not even close. If you well, watch the way this guy plays on the field, it is not even close. The difference between, between him – He's not the most talented guy, Teddy. He looks like he belongs. He looks like he's been in the NFL for 10 years. But guess what? Here's the thing. You've got to take into consideration the personnel around him, the coaches, the players, the scheme. He's not asked to do anything more than what he has to. If you watch the game, it's really easy throws at the beginning of the game swing passes, short passes, get a rhythm, get a feel for the game. And then as the game goes on, we extend the ball. We run more play action, get the ball. If you watch Zach Wilson, you watch the Jets. Everything they ask him to do is hit a home run in every pitch. Get him a rhythm in the game. Get it. So you don't have the weapons and the schematics. Let's run the ball. Let's play action. Everything he tries to do is a home run. Even Trevor Lawrence. I think they they put too much burden on the rookies. I think if you had Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson and you put them with the New England Patriots, I think you would see the same type of player that you see in Mac Jones with with a little bit more flair to them. That's uh, that's all I'm saying is look, look at the Jets and the, the Panthers situation, right? Darnold, right? It's not like miraculously he became a better quarterback. You look at the team, Joe Brady, the schematics, the personnel around him. I look at where Matt Jones is. Look at all the teams where the rookie's at. Take Trey Lance out of consideration. Trevor Lawrence doesn't have the personnel I think New England has. I look, I, Fields really doesn't. They ask him to do too much. You know, I, I, I agree with he, he's He's done what he's needed to do. But I don't think New England asked him to do it's like if you remember Brady at the beginning of the year, they never asked Brady to do too much. Remember? It was don't make any mistakes. Let's run the football. Let's make that three or four big throws during the game. Not let's cost our team, you know, and 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 we'll find a way to win through defense, special teams, and coaching. And I think, you know, you look at other coaches and they put these guys like Trevor Lawrence and like if you listen to Trevor Lawrence's press conference, like, Trev, did you hear it? Did you hear what he had said? He said it's it's not a lack of talent on this team. So if it's not a lack of talent, what is that saying, Joe, to you in your head? It's coaching. 
it's Urban Meyer. It's the offensive schematics. It's asking him or the team to do something that they can't do right now. You know, and that's that's personally what I I'm seeing and I hear. You know, and I see you see this all the time. They put these rookies in and they're asking them to like throw the ball well, forty times, throw the ball forty times, throw the and and stretch the field. It's like watch Mac Jones's throw. If you look up his throws. They're all within 10 yards. Well, the problem they're all, is it's, they're all short, easy throws where he gets into a rhythm of the game and it makes him feel comfortable so that down the road in third and fourth quarter, when we ask him to make that third and seventh throw, he's 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 loose. He's ready to go. He feels much more comfortable. And it's a play where he can, um, you know, complete. The, the reason why you get all these quarterbacks, these rookie quarterbacks, I just keep saying why they get all this big burden is because it's just a trend that's been. It's the trend that's going well, right now. We're also going to bad teams. With the way that rookie quarterbacks have been coming in and performing better than expectations, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, coming in, guys like that, even Kyler Murray, just a few guys that we can name, Patrick Mahomes. We always say Patrick Mahomes. But to see guys like that come in, and this is why rookie quarterbacks are so important or just to find a quarterback because of the way the NFL is moving so fast now with quarterbacks. You're seeing that these quarterbacks like Fields and um, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. And we can't say anything about Trey Lance yet because we really haven't seen enough. But Mac Jones is in the perfect situation. These guys like Lawrence and Wilson and Fields, it's going to take them time to get to get it going. And to figure out the NFL because it's just it's the NFL. It's a whole different ball game. And you sir and Jets head coach Robert Sala came out and said it's okay to be boring. I feel like with Zach Wilson, he wants to try to make the big fancy play, and there's a reason why people loved him coming into this whole draft process and why he was the second quarterback taken because he just has that look of that fancy boy. He's got that presence. Yeah, but that's where the coaches have to stand in and bring it rain. And he said that to him. He said that it's okay to be born and to see these rookie quarterbacks. It happens. It's not, you're not going to always see years where you're going to see Joe Burrow or or Justin Herbert come in and light it up. Some years you're going to have guys like this, but I think the struggle, but I think all to, to stick with this point for one more second is I think all these guys have a possibility of being great. I do believe, Joe, right now that Mac Jones is the one that's playing the best right now. But I also understand that I think if you look at the coaching of where these teams are at and where these players are. Listen, we've talked about this. It's where you go. You talk about Mahomes. He went to the Andy Reid, bro. He didn't play for a year. Went to the Chiefs. They're not no scrubs. Okay, Mac Jones didn't go to a scrub team. Okay, New England had a bad year because of unfortunate things last year. But they're no bums. These are not. This is not the Jets. This is not the Giants. Let's realize something. The Jaguars are the la- the Giants. You know these are laughing stocks. The Bengals have been the laughing stocks forever. And since, since Boomer Sison was there in the eighties, what have they won? Nothing. I I've still don't much. love Joe Burrow. By the way, still but Joe, Joe, Burrow's, but Joe Burrow's legit. But they, they still have flaws on that offense, offensive line. I think they listen. You got to protect your young quarterbacks. You know, I you Trev, we listen to shows to watch. You know, people want Justin Fields to play, and I get it, and I understand, but like. You want to get him destroyed behind that awful offensive line? Like, you know, let's talk, you know, if you want to get into it, look at the Steelers. They can't protect Big Ben. I told you about this with the Steelers. They got 
they can't protect Big Ben. He's gotten hit the fourth most in the NFL. They can't run the football. I know everyone, you, you're a fantasy guy. You love Najee Harris. Can't run the football. And it's not him. It's not a lack of talent from the running back position. It's a lack. If you can't protect your quarterback, then the coach, you have to protect them. And I think I, that's what I was trying to get back with the Mac Joneses. They have a good offense line in New England, but they also protect him in the play call. You don't ask him to hit a home run every time at bat. Just hit a single butt. Let's move the runner over and we'll listen. First downs or punts are, are better than interceptions. You know what I mean? We'll play solid defense and special teams, and we will, and we'll win 10-7 and 17-3. And 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 we'll ask you to make a good play. I'll, to the the bigger thing, unless you have to finish this, Trev, on the rookie thing was. I think Tom Brady's better now than he was 10 years ago. He just, he just, he's, he's better. And this team is better. This team is just flowing right now. Trevor, I was trying to find the Instagram or thing you sent me. It was something about Tom Brady. It was like, he's had four consecutive games of four touchdowns in the regular season. You know, he's, his numbers, he seems, Joe, he just seems, this offense just seems so much better so much more smoother. I know the defense is not dominant right now, but that's okay. They'll come to a you listen, I think when you're scoring 48, 50 points a game, 35, 40 points, you can be a little bit more laxical on Davis. And I think the same way with the Chiefs is you you don't have to be great on defense. You just I told Trevor this yesterday. You don't need a dominant defense if your offense is stellar, like spectacular. But you have to be opportunistic. You have to be great in the red zone. And you have to be great on third down defense. If you can if you can keep the offense from the other team below 35% on third down conversions and in the red zone, they're kicking field goals and you're scoring touchdowns, you're going to win 75% of your games. That, if you remember the New England defenses, you could run up and down the field, but inside the 20, you never score touchdowns. They'd hold you to a field goal. And then Brady would come down, score a touchdown, it'd be 7-3. Next thing you know, it'd be 14-6. And next thing you know, you're down three touchdowns and you're like, all right, game's over. So Tampa Bay is still the best team and is still the most dominant team in football. Um, I will say this though, to stick with the NFC East and finish on that. After watching all the games, I know the Giants should have won Thursday night. And maybe this is an overstatement, but the Giants look like the worst team in the NFC East right now. Overall, they can change that in a week. They can change my perspective, but I look at Philly as I don't look at Philly as the worst team in the NFC East. I look at Jalen Hurts as as a special player. I do. Uh, what do you, you got anything else to say before? We yeah. Just to, to Teddy's point, uh, Trevor Lawrence is hitting 50% of his passes. Not Obviously. Yeah. Five interceptions. He had, he had on this season already. This he's got he, five he, picks. Too. He's got five picks too. He's got yeah, five him, picks. Him down the year. With the Wilson, who's hitting 55.7% of his passes. Uh, Justin Fields hitting 53.3. And like I said, Mac Jones at 74%. And they're not asking him to do a lot. And But again, to just watch this guy in the huddle, he threw a, uh, they ran a reverse. Uh, uh, Bourne uh, went down. He had about a 13-yard run on the play. And Mac Jones uh, sprung a block. And uh, Bourne got up, dude. It just pointed at, I mean, just came right at Mac like, they, they they love this kid. They love his leadership. And I'm telling you, th- this kind of accuracy is otherworldly. I mean, he, when he needs to put a ball somewhere, Mac Jones does it. He does it better than anybody. I said last year, I thought he did it better than Trevor Lawrence. I stand by that with uh, about a 24% uh, 
lead uh, per, uh, completion percentage wise uh, over Big T. But anyway, uh, Mac Jones to me, uh, this uh, you're right, Teddy. This is not a bad team. This is a, a team that had a lot of misfortune last year. A lot of guys out. They I have to make great. The Damian Harris, the by the way. I don't know why Bill Belichick doesn't want to feed the ball to Damian Harris. He had a 31-yard touchdown run where seven missed tackles, and he dragged no less than four Jets defenders into the end zone with him. Give that guy the football, dude, because I'm telling you, baller, absolute baller. Well, week two is in the books, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a hell of a season so far. We'll see what happens in week three. We'll be previewing week three when at, later in this week. This is the week that the Giants are retiring also Eli's number. So that's a big uh, – Oh, also, also big, big game on 4 o'clock on Sunday. Rams, Tampa Bay. I, I think this is your – This is – Joe, this is where – one second, Trent, before you finish up. Joe, you know how I had been on the Stafford hype train, and he played really well again in week two against the Colts. Um, Carson Wentz, um, you're done. You stink. He's got sprained ankles in both of them. How is that even possible? But, Joe, these are what this is what you bring Stafford in for. This is where he has to really prove it. This will be one of those games that go, are we going to get the Detroit Lion Matthew Stafford or are we going to get the new Matthew Stafford? that you brought in and think is going to take some, that. We got some big games that we got some big games oh, yeah. this week coming up. We got the chargers versus the chiefs. We got the Packers going to against Sam Fran. And we Ooh. also got the big Monday night game, the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. So there's a lot of big games this week and week three is almost there. Only two. I more got days. one more. I got one that. more. I, one more guy. I trash him a lot. Everybody was giving me gruff for it last year. Justin Herbert, nah, telling you, great numbers every week. Throws for three, 350. Whenever he gets into the red zone, he gets short-armed, and this team finds ways to lose. This team could very well be 0-2, and I'm still, I'm telling you, Justin Herbert, not doing it for me yet. First of all, he should have won the game. The refs blew that game. Yeah, okay. so should have the Giants, and so, I mean, a lot of teams should have won. Here's this happens. Thing. This has been happening a lot on Justin Herbert's watch, and he gets nothing but praised. Singing his praises on ESPN this morning, I'm still not sure why. No, Joe, he's, Joe, Joe, he's legit. No, he. If you watch the game, he had. Listen, if you watch other the game, Mahomes, other than Mahomes and Josh Allen, I'm not taking a night. Other yeah, than listen, if you're taking a franchise quarterback other than Mahomes, you're taking Josh Allen or Herbert. Herbert is legit. If you watch him, he's running for his life. Mika Parsons was all over him. He's asked to do so much. He's incredible. He makes all the throws you ask. It's just they should have won that game. Not they, all of them. The Chargers, the Not all of them. Chargers should have. The Chargers blew that game in. I just put up the stat on my phone. They're eight and seventeen since two thousand nineteen. And well, what was we'll, talk, we'll, be, we'll talk about that game. We'll talk in, about all that in one score game. We'll talk about that all later in the week. A huge week now coming in the NFL out. season. And we'll also try to get to some New York Yankees baseball talk as the season is coming to a close. 11 games left. What will happen with the final 11 games? A huge, a lot of big games in the in baseball as well. You got some playoff yeah. baseball. Yankees going to be taking on the Rays, the Jays. Or no, the Boston. I think it's the yeah the Rays. Yeah, so Jays. right now the Blue Jays are playing the Rays. The Blue Jays lost last night, so we gained that half a game back. No, no, we the, the Rays. The Red Sox are playing the Mets right now, okay? The Yankees are playing 
last the night, the Rangers. So I watched the game, big series, a lot of big, you got the Padres and Cardinals. Listen, get into the baseball, bro. You got 12 days left of baseball. Go enjoy it. This is the best time of the baseball season, the final two weeks. I guess Ted just hinted that the Yankees aren't making the playoffs then. So the Yankees are making the playoffs, bro. Yeah. And then they control the whole best wild card game. Maybe Severino will pitch the first inning. Who knows? Give up five runs. Stop it. No, do me a favor. Just stop it. Don't be a Yankee fan then. Be a Rays fan or something. Be a Miami fan. Hey, real quick. I don't know anybody else. I know Justin Herbert's legit. His projected numbers for the rest of the season. 70% 70% completion rate, 5,400 yards, 16 touchdowns, 24 picks. 5,400 yards? Wow, that would be yes. crazy. 16 Wait, touchdowns, 24 interceptions. Those are his projected numbers. Yeah, and they got easy, yeah, and easy, a, easy, an easy a loser race so, uh, projected to have 34 sacks. So that's what they call projections because he has two It's sacks. early. I'm just saying that's the it's projected projection. numbers. It's projection. I completely have Daniel Jones a ton of yards. Joe, would you rather have Daniel Jones or Justin Herbert? Justin Herbert. Thank you. Okay. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back later in the week to discuss the New York (laughs) Yankees baseball. And we're going to be trying to get some postseason baseball. Not just going to talk about the Yankees. We're going to talk postseason baseball as well on this show. And we're going to be talking about back. Yeah, the Kraken's back. And then we will be talking about the big week three action in the NFL. So a lot going on, ladies and gentlemen. We are streaming on all social media platforms, so comment, like, subscribe, share, at Keys to the City. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the City, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.